Down the right field line, pretty well hit, Lombard way! It's the right way here tonight! Yogi Berra said it's 90% mental, the other half is physical. My name is Ryan LaVarnway, Major League Catcher and Minor League Grinder, and I've spent the last 15 years playing professional baseball while evolving my mindset. I'm fascinated by optimizing that 90%. In this show, I'll talk to elite athletes and mindset coaches about what makes them tick and how they've overcome obstacles in their own careers on the way to finding success. This is Finding the Way. Hey guys, this is Ryan LaVarnway and you are listening to Finding the Way where I speak to elite performers and coaches about their mindset, what made them the best, and the lessons they learned along the way. Today I am thrilled to be joined by Leah Amico, three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Softball, two-time world champion, national softball Hall of Famer, and three-time academic All-American. Leah, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so, three-time academic All-American, you're obviously a stud, one of the best that there's ever been. When did you realize that you were not one of the gang when you were growing up, right? Like, you, you grew up with tons of people that fell off the radar, weren't as good as you. When did you realize you were special at softball? You know, I, I really fell in love with it and this challenge. I think I always was driven, but when I was 14 years old, we won a national championship. It was my first experience playing teams from all around the country. And out of 50-something teams, I was the winning pitcher on our team. But I, it wasn't about me in that mindset. Like, I, I think... I was just looking around like, oh my goodness, we're going to do this together. And that began the dream for me then to say, okay, I want that college scholarship. I want to, you know, I want to strive to, to earn that next level. And to me, that's the college scholarship. And, and there's, hopefully there's, there's listeners out there that are going through this right now, the college scholarship search. Obviously, the situation now with social media and the internet is very different than when you and I were being recruited, right? There wasn't even Facebook when, when I was talking to college coaches. But what was... What were those conversations like when you were talking to college coaches? You obviously ended up at one of the best programs in the country, Division One. How were you recruited? What emotional roller coaster was that for you and your family? I don't think mine is one to give um, information to where people <laughs> should follow it. I honestly, I had no idea. I was the first one in my family to go to a four-year college. And like you just said, there really wasn't a lot of exposure. Softball was not even on TV um, at the Women's College World Series. My freshman year, they taped delayed our championship game. That's how different it is. There might have been a couple games all year. It's, it's a different world now. What I will say, I was given really good advice by some people who had played college softball. And they said, hey, coaches are at the tournaments. They are watching. You know, make sure it, they, they watch everything. It's not just how well you pitch. It's how you respond after you don't pitch well. It's how you respond after, especially after you make mistakes or after, you know, bad at bat. And I do remember hearing that and just how you hustle on and off the field. Yeah. And it's funny because I recently just um, interviewed Patty Gasso, head coach of Oklahoma, best softball team in the country right now. And those are all the things to this day her athletes talk about. So for me, it was more just this is what college coaches look for. I was fortunate to know that um, I didn't really know who all the college coaches were, so I wasn't as scared when they were in the stands. I didn't really know they were there. Um, but, you know, I, I, when it came down to it, I had a couple offers, and uh, for me, I just took visits to those schools, and that's how I kind of determined where I wanted to go. Make sure you were comfortable where you were going to be spending time. Yeah, for sure. Like feeling like I fit in and with those teammates, with that coaching staff. And something you just talked about, how you deal with failure, how you deal with making an error or giving up a home run if you're a pitcher, hustle. How did you learn those skills? How did you learn, especially as a young player who hasn't experienced a lot of failure yet, how did you learn how to deal with failure properly? 
for me, I think it just burned inside when I messed up. So it was this inner, like, just yearning to say, like, I need another chance because I need to redeem myself better on the next one out. And if I'm not figuring out, who can I ask to give me that advice so I can figure this out? And literally, I really believe that's what carried me through my Olympic team experiences was wanting to be better. And you know, the sport of baseball, the sport of softball, I mean, it will beat you up. Yeah. You'll always have chances to redeem yourself. And it's how you're going to show up the next at bat or the next pitch that matters the most. Yeah, it's almost like you hold yourself to the highest standard. You expect the most out of yourself. So nobody else can be disappointed in you more than you are. But how do you handle that when you are your harshest critic? What What is your mindset? What is your kind of technique to getting over um, from being disappointed in yourself to now it's time for the next one? You know, one of the things for me was to get extra reps. Um, this would be maybe throughout a season, right? I would, if I, if I felt, because if I felt well, I was able to keep more of a quiet mind and go in and see the ball and hit the ball, maybe little adjustments here and there. But when it started to get where I felt like out of control, that was putting in the extra time doing what, you know, practicing preparation, basically building my confidence by just the consistency there. When I was on the Olympic team and we're already in a competition, um, it then became win the mental game, you know, right now, even if you're not, if I'm not at my best, this is what I told myself, I'm still better than my opponent. And that is something I really believe that all of us can be better at. It's when we beat ourselves up, right? Oh, I didn't, I didn't do well. And then we beat ourselves up and now we get pushed down even further. And we maybe look outside to try to find some, somebody give me confidence. I don't have it. But instead it was like, okay, I'm having my bad day, but I still can beat you even on my bad day. I think that's so powerful. How do you how do you find that kind of confidence, right? Because baseball and softball, it's such a game of failure. Even on my bad day, I'm still a better player than you. Where did that come from? You know, I don't I don't totally know, but I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's this idea is you're standing in my way of me winning. Okay. And so I got to take you out and as long as I keep my eyes on the prize, what is right in front of me? What do I need to do right now? I think that's huge. You know this as a, as a baseball yeah. athlete. Um, it's really about what I'm going to do right now. Um, we talked a lot about when I was on the Olympic team, like having short-term memory, obviously learning the lesson you need to learn, but yeah. kind of throw the other stuff out, especially if it, was, you know, if it wasn't going well. And, and then having that game plan. I think for me it was also staying um, positive-minded of like, what is my next plan? So this pitcher, she got me on the rise ball. Okay, listen, not don't swing at the rise ball. I'm not telling myself that. I'm saying, hey, first pitch down in the zone, drive it where it's pitched or something in that positive mindset as opposed to trying to tell myself what not to do. I think that's exactly how I do it too. What's, what's the first next thing that I need to do to make the positive adjustment? That combined with what Ted Lasso says of be a goldfish, right? Yeah. 10 second yes, memory. I, I love that. And, <laughs> and it is so true because I think those that dwell and just sit and let it eat them up, those are the people that really struggle to then get over that struggle and kind of move in that positive direction. Okay, so you're, you've talked about playing for Team USA in the Olympics. I was an Olympian as well. I didn't get to play for USA. I played for Israel where I'm probably the only catcher in the world that could have qualified to make that team. So it was, it was an easy <laughs> position for me to earn. But playing for the best team in the world, three consecutive gold medals, what was it like being recruited for that team? I think everyone wants to hear this story, right? 
everyone that watches the Olympics every four years, every two years, if you watch the Winter Olympics, dreams of representing their country one day. What was that recruitment process like? Yes. Okay. But before that, I need to say, Ryan, I love, I love that you were the catcher for Team Israel because I, the last two summers, have been involved with the youth program, the under 18 last year for Team Israel for softball, as well as the under 22s this past year. So I've gone with them to the European Championships. So I love that connection that we both have. Um, but for Team USA, so I was in college and actually it was after my freshman year. They, we just won a national championship. I was the only one that got a hit in the championship game for us to beat UCLA one to nothing. So I was this little 18 year old freshman who didn't know any better. Okay. But I got a hit off of the best pitcher in the game, Lisa Fernandez. I would go on to win three gold medals with her, but they said that summer softball is going to be in the Olympics for the first time ever. And there's, and, and then that was it. This new dream in that moment was just inside of me. I didn't know how going to be on the team but i was going to be on that team <laughs> so um we go to this tryout there's about i don't know 60 something athletes from all over the country all different ages i'm one of the younger ones um, and i remember an older athlete saying oh the younger girls they'll have their chances for the older players because there were a lot of women who put their lives on hold waiting for this world championship sport they'd won world championships but they wanted to be in the olympic games yeah and so there's a tryout and it was about four days, and I, and I remember thinking, no, I don't care if I'm young. I'm still going to be on that team. <laughs> so I obviously wasn't making the choice, but I just wanted to lay everything on the field, and uh, and my name was picked. And from that moment on, I played for about 10 years. I did take one year off after the 2000 Olympics to have my son, and then I came back when he was three years old and won my third gold medal. Um, you had to try out every single year. Wow. I hated the tryout process, Ryan, because our sport is not just one weekend, right? You know, I mean, yeah. it can change every weekend, the type of weekend you have. But fortunately, they, they watched everything. They watched how you competed an entire summer when you're in college for the entire year. And um, they saw that there was still a need. Uh, but I, uh, one thing, too, I want to add is it, it, physical, obviously, you've got to be able to compete. But the leadership and how you train and the type of teammate you are. I know some Olympians that got cut in the next Olympic qualifiers because they weren't a good teammate and couldn't play a different role. Yeah. Well, it, so, so many things right there that I just want to latch onto because I, I love hearing how you speak with such passion about this experience. Uh, first of all, yeah, it's not a one weekend sport, baseball or softball, right? We talk about the, the showcase all-stars, the people that show up, they can hit a batting practice pitch 5,000 feet, but then you put them in a game, they can't hit a curveball. Um, but, but this podcast is about mindset. It's about leadership. So I want to talk about the leadership aspect that, that you're referring to. I, I've listened to you speak before. I've watched your keynotes. You talk about after your 112-game world record-setting win streak, you lost three games in a row, and then you guys had a team meeting. Can you tell me how you overcame the obstacle of going from the longest win streak ever to the longest losing streak ever in USA softball history? I, I think it was so crazy because that was all on the news. We were being interviewed by the Today Show for that win streak. And then, like you said, we lost three games in a row, which had never happened to USA Softball, and let alone on Olympic stage. And so we had to figure this out. And it really was our veteran players, our leaders, and specifically Dot Richardson. She's now the head coach at, um, at Liberty University in Virginia. But she, you know, you started to see everybody kind of the first time step back. You, everybody, you know, like what just happened? Then there was a little bit of click starting. And then by that third day, I really believe it was make it or break it. And we got together as a team and it really came down to two things. And I think this is important for all of us. 
accountability. What are you going to be accountable for? Right? It has to, it cannot be, we knew we had each other's backs, but it, we couldn't be passing the bat in this moment. It had to be, I'm going to step up and get my job done. So we first talked about what each of us brought to the table. And then secondly, we talked about our teammates. And that's where, so it, you have to own up to it, right? And then what about my teammates? What, what do I see in them? And I, I really feel like the encouragement that got shared, I don't know, for me personally, I feed off of that. Our pitcher said, I was an outfielder at the time, and she said, I just know if the ball's hit, like it's not gonna drop. And I, I literally wanted to run through a wall. Like it just infused this extra belief and focus at a time where up until that point, I really believe we were kind of back on our heels, right? Everybody's going, what's happening? What, what are we supposed to do? And instead, that now it was this positive momentum again and like a mind shift. And from that point on, we built off of the little things. When, I, when I've heard you tell this story before, you talk about how when you're up at bat, it's not a team sport right now, right? Baseball and softball, is, it's a team sport that's filled with individual performances. What am I going to do when it's my turn that's going to help this team win? Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I agree. I, in our sport, it, you have a team that surrounds you, supports you, but you have those individual moments where it really is a one-on-one, -on -one, the pitcher against the hitter, you know, whatever side you're on. If you're a catcher, when you receive that ball, that's your role, right? And so, you know, I, I think just having that mindset of walking in full belief that, again, going back to no matter what has been done in the past, I'm going to take those positive things that have helped me to get to this point and right now, I'm going to believe with all my heart that I can get the job done in this huge moment. So many people are held back by fear, fear of failure. It causes them to not be able to swing with authority if we're talking about hitting. Um, other people, it might be just choices, and they basically just don't move forward in something that they know they want to do, they know they should do, but they don't. And so being able to really just um, to react to react and respond, but clearly thinking. Because again, if, I, if I'm afraid and I'm thinking anything negative in my head, the reality is I'm going to produce a negative result. And yeah. so you, as a hitter, I'd love to say my mind was clear and I was in the zone. That was, I mean, that happened a couple times. Luckily at the Women's College World Series, a couple times for me. But generally it was literally positive self-talk that I was telling myself that was taking place. And, and people can take that into all aspects of their life, business, work work related any any team activity this is this is what it comes down to this is where the baseball and the softball can translate into other people's lives because in the real world whether you're on a team whether you work in an office whether you're an individual performer at some point you need to do your job and what are you going to hold yourself accountable for and what can other people count on you to do yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And that's just showing up, showing up and not just showing up to just, you know, make something happen, but say, I'm going to make whatever it is before me the very best, because that's where I think you start to see people that climb the ranks in a company or, you know, just end up being a manager somewhere or an athlete that kind of reaches that next level because their idea is not, okay, no, I'll try harder once I get the role that I want. And once I feel like they believe in me enough, then I'll be able to give it, you know, but I'm just going to go through the motions. I would say anybody who has reached any level of success refuses to just go through the motions. They want to be the best no matter what they are doing. What can people count on you for, right? Yes. And then, I want, we, yeah, people looking at you and saying, hey, that's the one I want up when yeah. it, it counts. That's the one that I want to turn to when everything else is falling apart because I know they're going to be solid and they're going to help me stay in that right mindset. That, that's what you want to be known for something like that. And then to go back to the second part of that meeting you guys had, and 
I'm going to quote you because I think this is so powerful. You said, in the darkness or in times of darkness, be the light. Celebrate the little things because they become big things. Yeah, I, I say that because I think we all have different challenges and trials. And I think sometimes we can get so stuck in in that I'm the only one going through this or I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And we might not know, but that idea is to is to think like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lead the way I'm going to show the way I'm going to find a way ultimately. And that's where I think, um, well, and I really believe a lot of times it's by looking outward and it's by helping others, because I think what that does is it kind of picks us up too. A lot of times people don't realize, um, we can get so in our heads that we then go inward and it actually ends up kind of burying us. And so, yeah, we want to, we want to move forward. We want to be that light, be that example. And, and you talk about you, you celebrated your teammates. What, what do I believe your strength is? So many times when I'm coaching kids clinics or, or coaching a team of lessons, I'll, I'll ask these, these eight to 10 year olds, what do you think leadership is? And so often they'll say, well, it's about calling someone out when they're not doing it right. And it's about leading by example. But I think the, what you're sharing is in that moment, you guys boosted each other up. You gave each other confidence and maybe you showed someone on the team the confidence you had in them that they may or may not have had that same confidence in themselves and you you expressed how it made you feel it made you feel like you could run through a wall for those people i think care and encouragement goes so much further than people realize i'm gonna tell you ryan it was funny because on my second olympics the baseball team for usa they won the gold medal but it was very funny well interesting i don't know if it's funny but it was interesting listening to some of these guys talk and some of them talking about some of their coaches even in triple a and how much they couldn't stand them <laughs> I was like, what and i was like okay as female athletes like, i don't think we would be very successful because we like internalize so much of that right we put it on ourselves but guys and just in general are different but i remember thinking i don't care if you are a male or a female i don't even care if you're eight or you're you know 28 we all thrive off of being uplifted being encouraged and being surrounded by positivity and i think in the past sometimes like you said it's like no i'm gonna call you out and i we think it's that way, but you know, you can call people out in a positive and encouraging way. You can show them, Hey, let's be better on this because I, I just found, and that's one of the things that I fed off of those leaders that kind of grabbed you under their wings and said, here's the standard. Let's get it. I'm going to hold you accountable to it as opposed to those yelling at you because you need to be better and you weren't in the right spot. There's a way to do it. And great leaders just encourage others. Yeah, there's, there's a difference between raising the standard where someone's afraid to do something wrong or where someone wants to live up to the hype that you've given them, right? That's, that's a perfect way of saying it. Thank you so much for listening to Finding the Way. I'm Ryan LaVarnway, and I hope you enjoyed hearing from Leah Amico. I love Leah's idea of celebrating the little things so that they can become big things. And I really love her story about how her Olympic softball team sat in the locker room and told each other what they believed each other's strengths were the confidence that must have created, the camaraderie, the belief in each other and in themselves individually. I think that goes a long way. Thanks for listening to Finding the Way with Ryan LaVarnway. Find previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.